This is The Faithful Expositor, a podcast from the preaching and teaching ministry of Pastor Jonathan Sims of Shepherdville Mills Baptist Church. Welcome to another edition of The Faithful Expositor. I'm your host, Brother Joe Carpenter, and I'm here once again in the studio with Brother John O. Sims. Brother, how are you on this Monday morning? I'm up and going, brother. Uh, I know we just had staff meeting, and uh, I know we're going to discuss this today some um, in Revelation chapter 17 yesterday, and it's a very difficult text. Mm-hmm. It's very hard, a very harsh text, and uh, I think we're all kind of reeling from it this morning. I know I still am, but mm-hmm. but brother, at the same time rejoicing that this is inspired scripture. God put it in the Word. Amen. And I rejoice in it as good and needful and profitable as all of scripture is profitable for doctrine and reproof and correction and instruction in righteousness. Um, and so uh, it's a new year. Mm-hmm. It's a new day. Uh, I have the great joy of the Lord in my heart and really just glad to be alive and see another year here. Amen. You know, Amen. I woke up yesterday morning and I thought, you know, when I was a kid, the old timers would say stuff like, whatever you do on New Year's Day, that's a good sign of what you're going to be doing the rest of the year. Mm. And it's just a good reminder to me that that's what we do in a healthy church. You yeah. deal with the hard stuff. You do, brother. You know, I said it yesterday to our people as well. What a joy yesterday for the first thing I do in the new year to be to come to church. Mm-hmm. And what a joy to be the first thing I do in the new year to write a tithe check out to my Lord through my local church. Mm-hmm. The first money expenditure I made of the new year was to bless my Lord Amen. and to be involved in the Great Commission and building churches. And, That's right. And so, yeah, it, it is, brother. Uh, uh, the worst day as a Christian is better than the best day of the person <laughs> in hell. That's right. It <laughs> so is. So I'm, I'm thankful to be saved. That's true. Amen, yep. brother. And what a joy it is to be able to just pick up where we left off verse by verse, precept right. upon precept. and right. The title of your message yesterday, um, and it looks like it's going to be at least, what, a three-parter, four-parter maybe? At least three, I'd say. So I'd encourage listeners out there to get onto our website and to be able to listen to those messages, at least in the next couple of weeks. Right. You should be able to see those popping up. But uh, the first two, parts one and two, were called The Judgment of the Great Whore, the Final False World Religion. And as you said just a moment ago, you and I already talked about it this morning, it, it's it's hard to even say that word, but I, it's I cringe. a biblical term. I, I, I cringe every time I say it because my mother would have washed my mouth out with soap and <laughs> yeah. tore my rear end up yeah. for saying it. You know, this is God-breathed Scripture, and Amen. this is the word that God himself chose to describe the final state of the church in apostasy mm-hmm. and, and all of its compromise and idolatry and false religion. But I've got to be honest with you, that's the way the King James Version translates it. That's right. Um, I think other translations may say prostitute, which mm-hmm. honestly is not a lot better. It, no. Um, but <laughs> but at the same time, I think that's the point the Lord is making uh, and to a, to a much infinitely greater degree. Yeah. That's how repulsive this is to God. Yeah. It's how offensive to His holy and righteous in nature and, and, and character is. That that the the church that his son mm-hmm. shed his blood to form mm-hmm. to see it actually become the tool of Satan, yeah. you know, to deceive men into receiving the mark of the beast and mm-hmm. and worshiping his image is just something that the Bible uses the word abomination. It's detestable to God. He it, hates it. He hates it. And and uh, so we see the full fury of God in yeah. display in this chapter. The seven seals have just been poured out, which mm-hmm. are the final 
most awful forms of God's wrath that this world will ever know, yep. short and second only to the lake of fire. Yeah. And, and so those have just been poured out. And now God pauses the narrative to take John back to show him the judgment, quote, of the great whore. And mm-hmm. that is how God judges this final apostate state of religion. And for the church, when we hear that, obviously there's a challenge to us in that. But it's also there's great hope in this. This is, is not the end of the chapter. That's or the right. end of the book, at least. Exactly. And, and brother, for me, uh, it's just one more um, charge from my Lord That's right. that we walk circumspectly, that we not be ignorant of Satan's devices, that we don't allow ourselves to drift off into error or to become compromised with the world. To me, it's a call to God to be steadfast and true and unmovable mm-hmm. and um, true to the Word of God and Amen. true to the to the head of the church, the mm-hmm. Lord Jesus. That's right. It's a warning. It is. It, it is. really is. And I received it too as a commission to to evangelize and plant healthy churches and <laughs> yes. plant healthy pastors. Yep. That's why we do what we do. Yeah. The world around us is being seduced by this. I said it yesterday. the The last ground that Satan, with mm-hmm. his massive, you know. Uh, uh, propaganda machine that's mm-hmm. at work right now in our world to get people to embrace outright debauchery, the only ground that he hasn't conquered is, you know, the, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's making inroads there. Sure. And and so we are the front line mm-hmm. of between reason and insanity. That's right. We really are. Yeah. Uh, we're we the hate, salt and the light. That's right. And we hate to throw out the qualifier, but we just always do yeah. the true church. The true church. Because like you said, this is creeping its way into the quote unquote church. The fact that we have to say true <laughs> uh, intimates that there's something out there that's not true. There's a false church out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. That's right. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing in this. Yeah. Let's kind of break it down just a little bit then. And like I said, I don't, you know, we don't need to, I don't think time is going to permit us to go through every single point of the messages. So again, go back listeners and listen to those messages. But one of the things that you made very clear right away, you know, when you, when you read Revelation 17, you read Revelation 18, one of the number one questions people ask is, who is the whore of Babylon that's mentioned there? Right. And help us to break down how you got to where you are, and then we'll break up after that and talk about chapters 17 and 18, which really talk about her judgment. Right. Um, But who is she, and why does it matter? (laughs) Well, the Lord stamps an identifying title on her forehead. (laughs) Um, In Revelation 17, 5, it says that she has a name stamped on her forehead, Mystery Babylon the Great, Mm -hmm. the mother of harlots, and abominations in the earth. Hmm. The very fact that God calls it a mystery yeah. right up front would warn us to be a little careful. Yes. You know, I read volumes and volumes and volumes and volumes, and certainly I'll come to some of this. Uh, everybody wants to identify specifically who she is, so guys spend hours talking about a revived Babylonian empire, which mm. there could be. Sure. Guys spend hours talking about, you know, the seven horns or the seven hills of Rome. And so this is a revived Roman Empire. And certainly that could be. Mm -hmm. And then you have a lot of guys that spend tons of times talking about how this is the Roman Catholic Church. And this is a picture of the corrupt papacy. And certainly there's a form that that could be true as well. But the Lord very clearly tells us right up front, this is a mystery. Yeah. 
And, you know, the very term mysterion means something that's been hidden in the ages, but that's revealed on down the road. Praise God. <laughs> we may not know, brother, until the tribulational period exactly who she is. She may be concealed somewhat until the Lord finally and fully reveals her in all of her ugliness during the tribulational period, specifically a time period in the uh, Olivet Discourse, Matthew 24, Jesus defines as the great tribulation, the last three and a half years before Jesus Christ returns. So this is what I would say, brother. I think that going all the way back to Babylon, Nimrod, Mm -hmm. uh, Semiramis, his wife, Mm -hmm. uh, the Tower of Babel, all of those fertility cults and fertility prostitute religions and mm-hmm. false narratives of immaculate conceptions, right. uh, you know, all of those lies that were spawned by Satan back then that come up through more of antiquity with Rome, yep. uh, with with Babylon, you know, Nebuchadnezzar's statute in, in Daniel right. of the head of gold and the chest of silver, the the, the, the Babylonian Empire, the Medo-Persian Empire, right. Grecia, and then Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think false religion that has been woven through every one of those time periods yeah. will, in essence, make up this mystery religion at the end. That's right. But I think you'll be able to trace it all the way back to the Tower of Babel and Nimrod and his wife, Semiramis, who was just debauched <laughs> debauched and wicked yeah and you can see those satanic formations back then mm-hmm. dispersed through all of these movements today yeah and so to answer your question brother one thing that leaped off the page at me mm-hmm. and hence my manuscript before you is that for all the talk of Babylon and mm-hmm. that's appropriate yeah and for all the talk of Rome and that's appropriate and for all the talk of the Roman Catholic Church in all of its apostate form, which I believe is cult Amen. in every sense of the word, yeah. that's appropriate to discuss. The one thing that's so obvious on the page to me that not many people talked about was sexual deviancy, perversion. sexual perversion. Yep. He uses words like the wine of her fornication, the great whore, the mother of harlots, the world is drunk with her harlotries and her fornications. And I think that that aspect of it is a part of the mystery that is being overlooked today. And my, how we see that in our culture nowadays, yes. that Satan is using the age-old bonding mechanism yes. of sexual perversion to delude and deceive the nations and moving them toward this final satanic religion called the beast. That's right. And if you, like you said, if you trace it back, right, uh, Tower of Babel, Babylon, move it on up into Greece, and move it into Rome, and move it into Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar, and yes, the one thing that kind of the cohesive the glue glue that holds it all together is sexual perversion. perversion. It is characteristic of it then and it's certainly characteristic of it now and how much more so will it be characteristic of this false world religion then well on wednesday nights you preached through the pastoral epistles and Mm -hmm. did a great job and then after that the lord led me to preach through the pastorals on sunday mornings Mm -hmm. and you know brother the the lion's share of the warning that paul is given to timothy Mm -hmm. for pastoring the church at ephesus 
the temple of Artemis is there, That's Diana, right, Diana, and you have all this fertility cult, yep. and you have all of this temple prostitution going on, and and of course they use wine and uh, extremely intoxicating substances mixed with that mm-hmm. to put people into some type of a euphoric state and then involved in all of that was sexual perversion, temple prostitution and immorality to bond their souls to a false teaching and a false doctrine. It was very seductive. All I'm saying is this is the language Mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit uses. And brother, it grieves me to have to preach it. I mean, <laughs> there was almost a sadness all week long mm-hmm. knowing the task that was before me and having to say the things. I knew it would be offensive to people. I, I knew some of the words that I was going to have to use would grate on people mm-hmm. and and unnerve people and unsettle people. Mm-hmm. I think that's the point of the text is yeah. that the Holy Spirit is saying this is going to be Earth-shaking. Yeah. I, the, 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 the wrath that God is pouring out on this whore, yeah. on this woman, is going to be literally like tearing the soul out of the earth that has accepted this false doctrine of Satan. That's what we see going on in Revelation chapter 17. And like you pointed out yesterday, today even, where we're at in 2023, we're already seeing and already have seen signs of this. It's permeated. uh, Well, and for example, you broke down, you made it clear that chapter 17 is dealing with the religious system of it. And then in chapter 18, there's the political, there's the governmental aspect of it. And we're seeing it pervade both of those even today. The government's gone. Sure. I mean, we're in full wokeism. Yeah. Um, the Biden administration, it, it is their chief uh, platform right. uh, to push gay and lesbian marriage and mm-hmm. and transgenderism and uh, affirming it in all of its forms. And, yeah. But we're seeing, obviously, on the evangelical side of the equation, which is what Chapter 17 deals with, the church side of the equation, over the holidays, you know— uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched more TV than I ever do. I just I'm not a big TV fan, I, you know, but sports draws me in, <laughs> and so I watched all of the playoff games. And in between the you know commercial breaks, uh, the United Methodist Church is running ads about our our doors are open, our hands are open, our hearts are open, and they prominently feature uh, two homosexual men, mm. you know, that are obviously in a homosexual relationship, and that's their marketing strategy. Yeah. Amy Grant, uh, here we are in Nashville area. (laughs) She's probably one of the best known, you know, uh, country singers there is. Started out as started out as a Christian musician and whatnot. That is now because of a family member of hers, uh, come out and fully, uh, you know, endorsed uh, gay and lesbian marriage Mm -hmm. and in the name of we should love everybody, we should be tolerant. You know, Mm -hmm. this is the way Jesus was. Mm -hmm. Y'all, they're throwing that in now. Yeah, and. um, so, you know, um, even in our circles, yes, um, we have heard what we would consider to be conservative, reformed That's right. voices. Some of this came out of the ERLC. The Revoice Conference, wasn't yes. it, I believe? And, and they like were saying things like sexual, uh, uh, you know, uh, same-sex attraction is not a sin right. as long as you don't act on right. it. Right. The desire is not so bad as long right. as you don't do it, even though the Lord says that he doesn't put those desires in your heart. <laughs> well, everything Jesus ever addressed was the heart. That's right. 
if you read the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is dropping bombs on a religious system that had outward forms but an inwardly corrupt heart. That's right. To the standpoint that Jesus said, if you hate a brother, you're a murderer. Yeah. Jesus said, if you look on a woman with lust, you are an adulterer. That's right. The whole thing Jesus judged was the motive. Mm-hmm. The whole thing Jesus judged was the heart mm-hmm. and the tone and the tenor of your spirit. Yeah. And, uh, you know, from the abundance of the heart, you know, the mouth speaks and your heart drives you. Mm -hmm. And so that's why Christ always addresses not just the outward behavior, Mm -hmm. but if the heart's taken care of, the outward behavior will be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So I just said that to say, man, we're already beginning to see cracks in the walls. And that's probably putting it lightly in the religious realm and I think the next great avalanche in America will be the caving mm-hmm. of supposed conservative churches yeah. that begin to just get worn down, mm-hmm. the incessant drumbeat of toleration, the, excess, the incessant drumbeat of acceptance and mm-hmm. love and, and the message of perverted message of love, how we need to be tolerant and embracing of all people. Sure is going to begin to win the day and begin to um, cause churches to waffle on this. We're already beginning to see it happen. And you you brought out that there's basically three Greek terms that are used there. Forgive me, I can't remember what they are. Porne, pornea, and pornuo. Pornuo. Right. And what that does is that lets you know that this is all-encompassing. And we're, we're not just we're not just talking about gay marriage. We're not right. just talking about transgenderism or transvestite. We're talking about adultery. We're talking about any <sighs> sexual immorality that exists outside of the bonds of holy matrimony, which has to be defined today as one biological man and one biological woman yep. in a covenant relationship with one another for life. You know, brother, it makes me want to just go grab my bow and go to a tree and just say I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> I mean, in my heart, that, I, you know, it's, I just feel dirty. Yeah. I yeah. just feel defiled. Polluted. I, I just feel polluted even talking about this. But, brother, because we are verbal, plenary, you know, historical, grammatical, syntactical an- analysts of the Word of God, we're forced to deal with this. Yeah. And it's like the Holy Spirit went to his vocabulary playbook yeah. and pulled out every nuance of the Word. Yeah. You know, when you read the New Testament, you might get a pornea here or a pornuo there. Yeah or a porn, nay, there, but the Holy Spirit brings them all. It's like he's trying to say, I'm covering all All and every basis. Amen. And, I mean, when you combine these three words together, he covers every form of sexual deviancy, even bestiality. That's right. These words can be used to cover that. Yeah. And it's like the Lord is saying, I see, and the heart of man is like it was in the days of Noah. Mm. It's just his heart is set on wickedness. That's right. And God sees it, and he's marked it, and he knows it, and he's recorded it. And and I'm telling you, brother, we would be remiss if we didn't recognize that part of the fuel that is powering this flame that Satan is running through the nations with, and that's why it calls her a whore who sits on many, many waters. waters. And verse 15 says that's tongues, nations, and peoples. That's right. The, 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 the absolute firestorm today is sex. Yeah. I mean, that is the firestorm. That, you might even define it further to say sexual autonomy, that I get to be the one who chooses whatever my sexual pleasure is, and how dare you tell me what 
is right or wrong. This is the fist of man yeah. firmly in the air in the face of God. And that's what the Tower of Babel was. That's and that's right. why everybody goes back to the Tower of Babel yeah. to say to God, we and Isaiah's expose on Satan, I will be like the most high. Mm. I am God. You will not tell me what to do. Mm. You cannot. De- why does that? Why does that old book get to define who I sleep with? Yeah. Why does that book get to tell me who I get married to? Mm. I, you know, the kings of the earth set themselves. They cut the cords. They cast off the bonds. They said, we will not have him over us. And the Lord in the heavens laughs and has them in derision. That's right. And that's what we see mm-hmm. is that man is through the avenue mm. of sex and sexual perversion. We will not have this God over us. Right. And we will not have these restraints put on us. Well, the only ground out there yes. remaining to say as John the Baptist did to Herod, it's not legal for you to have your brother's wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, he was beheaded. Yeah. Is the church? <laughs> yeah. We are the John the Baptist saying to in chapter eighteen the state, yeah. and saying to the church in chapter seventeen, this is wrong. Yeah. This is wicked. This is sinful. This is immoral. Now we may get beheaded. Sure. But that won't, it won't change the fact that when the Lord comes again in all of His glory. He is going to set the record straight. And what you see in chapter 17 and 18 is exactly what God thinks about it. Yeah. It's harsh. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It seems unloving. It seems unkind. But it's God saying, I'm holy. Yeah. He uses the word abomination. Mm-hmm. He says, her hand is holding filth. Mm. These are words that mean it's utterly detestable to God. It means that it's repulsive. Mm-hmm. Literally, the word filth and abomination can be translated hate. Yeah. God is saying, I hate this. Yeah. And, you know, when I cringe, when I have to say the great whore, yeah. multiply that times infinity. Mm. And this is how offensive this is to the holiness of God. That's Everything right. God has laid down as as prescriptive and descriptive for the way man should live his life is just trodden underfoot. That's right. And God has, in patience, allowed this to continue. But in Revelation 17 and 18, he's saying, no more. Amen. The time is up. It's payday now. And now man will come and give an account to me for his rebellion to my word. And what the Lord is doing is just dismantling this world and mankind mm-hmm. piece by piece. Yeah. And it, it is unsettling That's and it's right. unnerving. But it also prepares the church and lost people to meet their to meet their God. Amos said, "Prepare to meet thy God." That's right, and that's what a text like this does. Yeah. So let's. I know that our time is somewhat limited, so let's do, kind of devote the rest of our time then to focusing on that on the local church yes. and uh, what her response ought to be to this. And you gave some very good points of application in it, and maybe we could draw some of that out a little bit more. But when we're dealing with this and such a perverse uh, and pervasive um, uh, abomination unto God. How now shall we live? How does the local church respond then to this? I'd say, and and knowing, of course, first of all, that we're dealing with believers and unbelievers. You know, first and, first and foremost, what, what would be some of the the major charges to believers? And how, how do we respond to that unbeliever who's being swayed and duped and deceived by Satan and 
who's fallen into some of these perverted lies that are just mantras and mottos all over our world today. What about those that are in your family? What about those that are in your church? What yeah. about those that are that you work with or you go to school with or something like that? Number one, we have to preach it. Yeah. We have to preach it. Kayla said to me, she saw my struggle. I confessed to her how I was struggling with this text, probably unlike anybody else. And she said to me, you, you're just going to have to preach it and do what you always do. And she said, understand, you're not going to be able to tell them everything, but you've got to preach it. You've got to be true to the text. And then she said this to me. She said, this is why most guys don't preach it. Right. And there, how, how many how many verse-by-verse expositions have you heard on the book of Revelation? Right. How many just individual sermons have you ever heard on Revelation 17? Yeah. I submit that it's not being preached mm-hmm. because of it, it's, it's uncomfortable. graphic language. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's confrontive language. It's very uncomfortable. It's it's not your best life now. You yeah. know, it's, it, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's the opposite of that. Yeah. I believe, brother, that everything that moves the needle in this world, in your family, my family, your personal life, mine, our church, the world, is the preaching of the Word. It has to be. It's the preaching of the Word. There isn't, I can come out and create some program to show my love or compassion or whatever, and we should do some of that. But, brother, the one charge we've been given is preach the Word, mm-hmm. be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come mm-hmm. when they will not endure sound doctrine, mm-hmm. but shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, mm-hmm. turn away from their ears the truth, and be turned unto fables. But yeah. you watch in all things, make full proof of your ministry. Mm-hmm. The time is at hand, mm-hmm. and so I, I think the, the 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 there's two things. Number one, preach the word. Yeah. But number two. I think we've given some ground up in this whole argument of, well, eschatology is not that essential. And, mm. it, you know, it's not that important. And that's rife in, in reform circles. And, brother, it, it, it's, it's crucial. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely crucial that we preach the whole counsel of God. Yeah. And, by the way, that we use the same hermeneutic in Romans that we use in Revelation, mm-hmm. you know, to be consistent. And so I think the first thing is that we've got to preach the Word. Yeah. And then I'd say this, beyond that, we've got to be as forbearing as we can. Mm. We've got to be as giving as we can. We have to give parents room to struggle with a child that's struggling. Mm. We have to give a child that's struggling room mm-hmm. to, to, to hear the truth and find himself. Mm-hmm. We, ha- we have to be mature enough as a church to not just reject something because we're uncomfortable with it yeah. or just throw it out mm-hmm. because this is outside the bounds of Apropos and or what we're used of to, what we're whatever. used to, yeah. and brother, this isn't going away. No, this is not going away. Here's what I would say: Every evangelical church is going to be faced with this. It's mm-hmm. going to be you're going to be staring down the gun barrel of a girl in your church that thinks she's a boy, yep. or a boy in your church that thinks he's a girl. You're going to be looking down the gun barrel of it if you're not already. So you've got two choices here. You can figure out how to lovingly yet firmly apply the Word of God in this situation like you do every other or begin taking up the language of Amy Grant yeah. or the United Methodist Church yeah. and being a compromiser mm-hmm. and, 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 and giving mixed signals. Mm-hmm. I would just challenge any brother listening to read Revelation 17. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, if you got time, go ahead and read Revelation 18. In the very next chapter is Jesus coming again in all of his chapter glory. Chapter 19, yeah. Brother, you won't find an ounce of compromise. Right. You will not find a scintilla of lessening the blow. That's right. It hurts. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's poignant. It stings. I, I'll be honest. I'm still licking my wounds. Sure. I am. Yeah. There's nothing about me that enjoys preaching a text like this except obedience. Right. The fact that I can say my conscience is clear, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like it. I mean, it, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather be preaching, you know, Ecclesiastes, mm-hmm. which was very enjoyable, or Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a text that everybody listens to and say, okay, I gleaned seven ways to be a better, you know, Farmer. employee, you know, or whatever. <laughs> it No, it's 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 a hundred pound hailstones falling and crushing everything. Right. It, it's fire from heaven. It's water turned into blood. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's destruction, and, but it's God. Mm-hmm. It's the holiness, and the, this is the God we will face. That's right. And I would submit the very idolatrous notion of man from Babylon up till today is to create his own God in his own mind. That's the essence of idolatry mm-hmm. that he's comfortable with, that affirms his sin, that affirms what he wants to do. But the problem is that'll all come crashing down mm-hmm. when the true and living God comes. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to prepare our people to meet him. Yeah. And you talk about forbearance. Oh, my. Because everything leading up to that was God's forbearance. Yes. You know, and by the way, he sent the angel. Yes. And he sent the preachers and yep. he sent the prophets. That's right. And he sent his own son. And yeah. even in the tribulational period. 144,000 Jewish men marked to preach the gospel. An angel flying through the midst of heaven with the everlasting gospel, declaring it at the top of his lungs for the whole world to hear. Two witnesses Mm -hmm. that are sent by God. Some believe prophets that God brings back to preach the word so that people hear the gospel. Mm -hmm. And and, and yet man is still with his fist. It says they would not repent. They would not repent. They would not repent. But just because the world is entrenched and just because the world won't repent and just because the world is filled with drunk with with this wine, we still have a mandate. That's right. It's unpopular. Mm -hmm. It's hated. The world wants us gone. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that level of animosity and hatred will only increase. But until our Lord relieves us of our commission Mm -hmm. at death— we're not to love our lives even unto death. We have a responsibility to preach the word, to preach the whole counsel of God, and to trust the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to use it in ways that we today can't even see. Yeah, and just believe that the Lord is not going to allow His word to return void. Mm-hmm. Yep. And from a, you know, obviously from this is the faithful expositor. Yeah. And we're speaking primarily to pastors here and to those who are going to faithfully exposit the word, and that's the challenge is to continue to preach the Word. Well, you and I had a conversation in my office about this, and this is the faithful exposure. And by the mm-hmm. way, I think it would be good for me and you to get back to a little bit, some sessions soon on some of the mechanics of exposition, exposition. again. I think we need to <laughs> regularly repeat that. Yeah. But there's one uh, element that's not talked about very much in the realm of exposition that you and I talked about in my office this morning in staff meeting, and that is, yeah, we have the historical, grammatical, syntactical analysis of scripture and you know we do word studies and we outline and our points are tied to the main thrust of the text and we're trying to communicate what the holy spirit meant 
when he originally gave this verse to the church. Mm -hmm. That's our job. Mm. But one of the things that's overlooked is that the text also dictates to you what your tone is on any given Sunday. Mm -hmm. And that's why if someone listened to me or you or Mm -hmm. any preacher, they might charge us with inconsistency because they might say, well, right here, when you were in the Gospel of John, you were very loving, you were very compassionate. But man, when you were in Revelation chapter 17, you were harsh and hard and you were just mean. Mm -hmm. I hope we wouldn't be just mean-spirited. But somebody could make that charge. And what I would say is, is that while, yes, historical, grammatical, syntactical analysis of Scripture drives our preaching, so does the context in which God gave it. Mm -hmm. It's hard to preach Revelation 17 with a smiley face. (laughs) It's hard to preach it with, you know, just kind of a bounce in your step. Because it's heavy. It's sobering. You almost have to kind of become one with the text mm-hmm. and feel what it feels, and that's weighty. Mm-hmm. And um, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I would just challenge brothers listening to, to effectively communicate the Word of God. I think that's a part of it, too. Amen. With that being said, here we are having a personal, private conversation for others to hear. Sure. <laughs> Very yeah. public. So what then, on that personal level, after preaching that with the fire that it needed to be preached with, what would you say then to somebody who's, let's just say that they're buying into these, uh, this, this sexual ideology, whether it's, you know, from this direction or that direction, you know, how would you, uh, what would you say to that person? Me personally? Yeah. Well... I can honestly, truthfully look that person in the eye and say to them, and it be the truth, Mm -hmm. because of Romans 5, 1 through 5, Mm -hmm. the love of God has been shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. When I preach this text and anybody listens to it, I think they would say it it was harsh. Sure. It it was hard. It it was, you know, there wasn't a lot of mercy in it because (laughs) there's no mercy in the text. Yeah. But this is the truth. I could look in them in the eye and say, I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. That's why I did it. Mm-hmm. God loves you. That's why he put it in the Bible. Mm-hmm. If you and your family were in your minivan and you were driving down 231 and you know where I hunt there on 231, that little bridge right there. Honey hole. Yeah. That's the honey hole. <laughs> and I knew I was, I, I was there hunting and I knew that bridge was out and I knew mm-hmm. and you and your family were coming down 231 headed north to Murfreesboro. And I knew that bridge was out, and I didn't call you and say, Joe, brother, the bridge is out. You need to stop. You need to turn around. And I allowed you and your family to plunge headlong up into that ravine. You know, that would be the most unloving thing I could possibly do. That's right. The most loving thing I could do would be to warn you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and brother, God is holy. Mm-hmm. And he sent Jesus to save us from himself. That's right. Hell is nothing more than the display of God's wrath for all of eternity. Yeah. It can't be satisfied any other way yeah. than through the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so God gave us harsh and hard words like this That's right. to sober us and to wake us up, to, literally to be a shock to our system yeah. so that we might, the goodness of God might lead us to repentance. And that's, I think, what he means by that text. 
when he talks about the goodness or the NASB says the kindness of God, what is that kindness? What is that goodness? Yep. It's the warnings. Right. It's the truthful warnings, the loving warnings to turn. Not a lot of people probably heard it last night because last night was heavy. But at the close of my message, I gave the gospel hmm. and I talked about forgiveness and I talked about how God was willing to forgive and there was mercy and you could be saved. That's right. Because I wanted anybody listening to think, wow, man, but God has made a way. He has. He's made a provision. There's only one, but one's all you need. Mm. He's made one way, and that's way is through the door, mm. and that is the door of his son, Jesus Christ. That's right. And if a person will go through that, they will never encounter the wrath of God. Everything in Revelation 17 and 18 is welded shut behind you. Yeah. It's not even a possibility for you to face that. Yeah. You'll never come under the wrath of God. Mm -hmm. You've been delivered from the wrath which is to come. Yeah. And so the reason we preach a text like this is because it's the grace of God, mm -hmm. even though it may not feel like it. Right. And then on a more personal word, I have to be careful. <laughs> so this is personal. We're having a personal conversation. <laughs> Honestly, brother, I left last night after church just humanly in my humanity because I struggle with the fear of man, too. I mm. struggle with mm. wanting to be liked. Mm. You know, I've been here, what, 23 years uh, next week, mm -hmm. and I still want to be liked I, mm. I, because I love our people. And i got to be careful that, that that can become an idol. Yeah. It, I really struggle with Can't that. Can't govern your preaching yeah, or anything and all else. Of that. Sure, yeah, yeah. But, brother, honestly, man, I, last night was kind of a downer for me. I, mm. left, I left the words I had to use. Mm. I, I, I felt dirty. Mm. Um, my mama would have washed my mouth out with soap for some of the words I used last night that are in the Bible. Yeah. She would have literally took a switch to my legs. Mm. You know, so I felt like, you know, yeah. I'm having to use some uncomfortable verbiage here. And second of all, I felt like I just really spanked very hard the people I love the most. <laughs> and I just kind of left last night feeling kind of dirty, kind of defiled. And, 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 and it's like the Lord on the drive home said, you know, that in and of itself is a form of rebellion mm -hmm. because you're questioning my Goodness, wisdom, his wisdom my wisdom. Yes. You're wanting to make this, put it in a positive package, and there's just no positive package to put it in. It's judgment. It's judgment. It's wrath. And so here's the deal. Get out of the way. Amen. Be my mouthpiece and be the conduit through which I can flow. Yeah. And let me have full course and free course, and I've always wanted to do that. Amen. But it's not, frankly, it's not fun it's sometimes. It's not easy, but a pastor can go to bed with a clear conscience when he's been faithful to yep. the Word of God. Yep. I guess the struggle would be, brother, that the, sh the sword is sharp enough without me twisting it. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, and I don't want to ever leave having taken an already doubly-edged sword and just mercilessly be hacking flesh off people. Yeah. I don't want to do that. A message last night, I can feel like that's what I've done. But all I can tell you is that in hours and hours of study and prayer, I purposed in my heart for that not to be what I did. Mm. And... Um, but you still struggle. Sure. I'm just being honest that's because you love your people, and you do, and that is, you know, that's the that's yep. the shepherd's heart in it. Yep. That's the pastoral aspect of it. That's right. part of it, I think, too, that some people don't always see. Well, because all they hear is the fireball preacher, you know. And I'll tell you one other level to it, brother. Mm -hmm. I know that people have to leave here on Sunday night, and their friends that they work with on Monday morning listen to this sermon, mm -hmm. and they're going to hear things like, "You go to Shelbyville Mills." <laughs> You know, and 
maybe there's not too much of that going on, but I know there's some. What, that's your preacher? Mm. Y'all listen to that kind of preaching? Mm. And our people kind of have to take it on the chin, too. Yeah. But you know what, brother? Then I'll turn around, mm-hmm. and I'll look at a bloody cross, mm-hmm. and I see mm. the nail prints in his hand, mm-hmm. and I see a crown of thorns on his head. That's right. And I see blood streaming down his side, and I think, my, what a small price to pay Amen. in comparison to what my Lord, in comparison to what's coming, mm-hmm. the wrath that is to come. Yeah. If we die having sounded a clear warning, I can live with that. But That's if right. we die having sent a mixed message, I don't think I could live with myself on that. Amen. Amen. He's, he's definitely worth it. And, Amen. And, you know, I, I stick by what I said at the end of the morning worship service. I don't know how this is possible, but I think there's some way that we've got to be able to include this into the distinctives of Shelby Mills Baptist Church that, you know, this is not going to be a church that's going to compromise in the face of sexual perversion, whether it's in a governmental form or a religious form or a personal form. The last thing I'll say, it was totally unscripted. It was totally unplanned. It was just... I hope one of those things in the moment, the, the, the Spirit of God, you know, is, is it, you're full of the Spirit, the Spirit's leading. But at the close of the service yesterday morning, I just asked you to stand, uh, Ryan to stand, our staff to stand, all of our deacons to stand, and then all of our small group leaders. And I just gave a word to the church. I said, I just want to give you a word of comfort. We pledge to you all we will not go the way of Babylon. Amen. We pledge to you that we will not go the way of this woman. Mm-hmm. Um, we will not follow her paths and her steps. We will be true to the word regardless of the cost. Amen. And I just wanted our parents of young children to know we're, this is a safe place. Mm-hmm. I wanted grandparents to know that yeah. this is a place where you can raise your children and know that they're going to be taught the word. We will be that voice in their lives against all the other voices that they're hearing. Absolutely. And it's so important for them to be able to hear the true voice of Amen. the Lord in that. So, Amen. Well, thank you so much for your faithfulness yeah. in preaching it. And we'll see where uh, this leads us uh, in yeah. the future podcasts. But uh, uh, looking forward to hearing the final at least two uh, messages that are going to be coming alongside uh, behind this. We do ask again that uh, you take a moment and go onto our website and uh, listen to the messages that were preached yesterday. Um and uh, even if you don't completely agree with my eschatological positions, Amen. It would still be worthy of your listen. Uh, there's still much truth there for you and your family to glean that you need to hear. At bare minimum, there's a warning there. Don't compromise. Exactly. Don't compromise. That's right. Because whether you can, it's clear. It's here. Yep. It's already here. Yep. Uh, the spirit of Antichrist, as you quoted yesterday, is already, already in the world. Out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, thank you again for being a faithful shepherd, a faithful pastor, friend, and expositor. And uh, we're going to sign off here. But again, if you have any questions for us, any feedback, and let me throw this out, any subjects that you might like to hear us deal with that on would this help podcast, us. Yeah. that'd help us out a lot. It We'd would. like to hear from you. Yeah. And so please feel free to email me. My email address is uh, brojo at smbconline.com. And we look forward to hearing from you soon. God bless you and have a happy new year. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Faithful Expositor. For more information on Brother Giano's ministry, go to our church website, smbconline.com, and follow him on Twitter at Giano Sims.